Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Ve sallallahu ve sellem ala seyyidina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellem. Allahümme salli ala seyyidina Muhammed el-Fatih lima uglik, el-Khatim lima sabak, el-Nasur el-Hakki bil-Hakki bil-Hadi ila siratika al-Mustaqim ve ala alihi ve sahbihi haqqa qadrihi ve miqdarihi al-Azim. اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد بالقلوب ودوائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها ونور البصار وضيائها وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأهوال والآفات وتقدينا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك على الدرجات وتبلغنا بها أقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة وبعد الممات صلاة والسلام دائمين بدوام ملكلا وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم We can begin inshallah with uh, just some salawat inshallah that will be good so اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم 
اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد تبن قلوب ودوائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها ونور الأبصار وضيائها وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم الصلاة والسلام عليك يا سيدي يا رسول الله So, بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين We left off on this line from the poem uh, حيث قال الشاعر المؤلف رحمه الله تعالى ونفر الله إياه بعلومه في الدارين أمين هو الحبيب الذي ترجى شفاعته لكل هول من الأهوال مقتحمي هو الحبيب الذي ترجى شفاعته لكل هول من الأهوال مقتحمي uh, He is the beloved whose intercession is hoped for as arms against a host of relentless calamities as arms against a host of relentless calamities so it probably bears noting here the this is one of the verses of the burda the the critics of the poem oftentimes take issue with and um I think that the, the 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 translation here is a little bit poetic, but it's basically on point. So he is the beloved whose intercession is hoped for as arms against a host of relentless calamities. And um, you know, people will say about this that how can you say that about the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when that is what you should be saying about Allah subhanahu wa taala. How can you say about the Prophet them that he is the one who's, you know, like you're hoping for him to help you from all of these calamities, but it's Allah who helps against these calamities. And, you know, that's intentional or not intentional. Uh, I, I think a pretty clear misunderstanding of, of what's being said here. What's being said here is that the Prophet them is being sought as a protection against these calamities because of the position that Allah granted him. That Allah granted him the position of intercession. And we're going to read a little bit about that. And that is the reason why he's hoped for in that case. Not just because. Um, you know, A'udhu Billah. It's not, this is not the, the way that we do things in general. It's not just because. But there is some reason for it, and that reason for it is because we know that he has been given, and or he will be given a shafaat al-kubra, that he is given the greatest intercession, sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wa sallam, and that is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa taala to him, 
it's not uh, it's, it's not some sort of like exception to the rule or something like that I shouldn't say that what am I saying uh, it is an exception in the sense that it's his uniquely but um, it doesn't affect the reality that Allah is the ultimate giver Allah is the ultimate taker Allah is the one whose help is sought Allah is the one who we turn to and the reason we turn to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in that is that Allah is the one who gave him that position. Okay, so uh, there shouldn't be any misunderstanding there. Uh, Ibn Ajiba radiallahu ta'ala anhu anafanallahu yahu bi alumihi fiddarain ameen. He spent some time in this section talking about how the title that's given to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam here is Al Habib. Al Habib, the beloved. And this is, I think, in uh, in Muslim literature, you know, Al-Habib is really um, like a very commonly used expression when talking about the Prophet wasallam. that he is Al-Habib, that he is Al-Habib Al-Mustafa, that he is the beloved and the chosen one of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so um, he spent some time here talking about why the title of Al-Habib is greater than the title of Al-Khalil of Al-Khalil and Khalilullah is who? is Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam and Al-Habib is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam so Ibn Ajiba radiallahu anhi spent some time talking about or comparing between Al-Khalil and Al-Habib um, uh, and it's interesting because, you know, subhanAllah, the examples that he gives, you show, you show the depth of the person's relationship with the Qur'an or uh, with the revelation, you know, that they're able to draw these kind of uh, really amazing reflections out of it. Because uh, one of the things that's, that's said, um, for example, here, like you will see, is th- they're very specific... Um, they're very specific, how do I say, comparisons. So, you know, you have a comparison of the Prophet them and what Allah said to him. And then you have a comparison of Sayyidina Ibrahim salam and what Allah said to him. So, for example, Al-Khalil, he said, and all this is in the Qur'an. Al-Khalil, he said, and disgrace me not upon the day they are resurrected. And disgrace me not upon the day they are resurrected. And when Allah mentions this to the Prophet Al-Habib, he says, On the day when Allah will not disgrace the Prophet and those who believe with him. So whereas Al-Khalil asked for this on the Day of Judgment, then in the case of Al-Habib, Allah direct, uh, addresses him directly in the Qur'an and says, describing that day, that this is a day when the Prophet will not be disgraced. Uh, also, for example, during the trial of Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, he said, Allah is sufficient for me. Hasbi Allah. Allah is sufficient for me. Hasbi Allah. And uh, when Allah addressed the Prophet wasallam during one of his trials, he said, Hasbuk Allah. Hasbuk Allah. That Allah is sufficient for you. So whereas in the first one, Sayyidina Ibrahim and Khalil salam, is expressing his... Uh, relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the second one with regards to Al-Habib, Allah is the one who's saying it. Right? So similar to the one before it. 
another example is and Khalil said and grant me a reputation of honor among later generations and grant me a reputation of honor among greater uh, among later generations lisana sadiqin fil akhirin lisana sadiqin fil akhirin and uh, in relation to al habib allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said alam nashrah laka dhikrak did we not elevate or wa rafa'na laka dhikrak alam nashrah laka sadrak wa rafa'na laka dhikrak and we raised for you your mention so in the first one, Sayyidina Ibrahim is asking, and the second one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet sallallahu that he did this for him. So for all of these reasons, he is Al-Habib, and it is the highest rank. Al-Habib has the highest rank with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and because of this, it is his intercession that is hoped for. Okay? That is because the Beloved's word is listened to, his speech heard, and his intercession accepted. The love that the recipient of intercession has for the intercessor is the most likely cause for the intercession to be accepted and for his needs to be fulfilled. Okay. So the Prophet ﷺ has this special station with Allah because he's the beloved to Allah. And if we do things that make the Prophet ﷺ beloved to us and us beloved to him, then hopefully when we come to him and we're hoping for his intercession, then he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, will grant us that intercession, inshallah. He says in the commentary, The Prophet's intercession is hoped for during the onset of the ghastly terrors, momentous events, and panic-inducing calamities that are burdensome and difficult to bear with patience. When the author says, victorious over every terror and disaster, it is as if he is saying, this is the translation in the book, is different than the one here, but um, um, he translated it victorious over every terror and disaster for the second, uh, for the second part of it. It is as if he is saying the Prophet will assume awesome and momentous stations, such as his ascending to the praiseworthy station in Maqam al Mahmud which none have attained besides him, and to which no one else will aspire. The hadith about the greatest intercession is well known and in the rigorously authentic collections of al-Bukhari, Muslim, and others. So we need not draw things out and cite it here. And Ghazali says, uh, we'll skip that part. Qadi Iyad states in Ikmal al-Mu'alim, actually right there subhanallah I don't know if you can see it in the video yeah Kamal al-Mu'lam right there it's underneath blocking it a little bit but it's right there Fqadi Iyad it's his commentary on Sahih Muslim so he says the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shall have five forms of major intercession the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will have five forms of major intercession number one will be granting will be for granting people respite from standing be granting people respite from standing in front of Allah on the Day of Judgment. The second form will be to cause people to enter paradise without reckoning. To cause people to enter paradise without reckoning. The third form will be reserved for those who deserve the hellfire. Meaning there will be people who deserve the hellfire and the Prophet ﷺ has the right to intercede on their behalf. Uh, Muslims, the Muslims who deserve the hellfire. 
And the fourth form will be for the fourth form will be for those believers who are subjected to the divine threat, and he will take them out of hell. Uh, so the the third one is for those who would have gone to hell, and the Prophet them intercedes on their behalf. The fourth one is for those who are have experienced that. And then he intercedes on their behalf. And the fifth form will be for an increase in rank in paradise. Sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. As-salatu wa salamu alayki ya Sayyidi ya Rasulullah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is compassionate towards his ummah, has great mercy for them, and is eager to intercede for them. He was granted a supplication which Allah told him would be accepted. He was given the choice to use it for himself, but chose instead to use it for his ummah. This is the pinnacle of generosity and preference to others. It is stated in Sahih al-Bukhari that the emissary of Allah, Allah bless him and give him peace, said, Each prophet is granted a supplication that is answered and by which he supplicates, but I have saved my supplication for my ummah in the hereafter. So the Prophet has delayed his supplication and stored it up for his ummah on the day of resurrection. May Allah reward him with the best reward given to a prophet on behalf of his nation. Allahumma ameen. So this is the great generosity of the Prophet that he saved this for the day of judgment. Okay, so who al Habib? Who al Habib Ahwali This is the one. He is the one. He is the one who was sought Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam La Ghair. Da'a in Allahi fal mustamsikuna bihi mustamsikuna bi hablin ghayri munfasimi. Da'a in Allahi fal mustamsikuna bihi mustamsikuna bi hablin ghayri munfasimi. Here in the PDF that's in front of you, it's translated as He called on God. Whoever clings to Him clings to a rope that will never unravel nor break. It's an interesting. I think it should say he called to God. Uh, we'll note in the in the translation here in the book, he called people to Allah. So those who hold fast to him are holding fast to a rope that never shall break. Mm. Yeah. There's probably some, I mean, the translator of this one uh, that's on the PDF is Sheikh Hamza Yusuf. So if he translated it that way, he probably has some sort of wedge for it. He has, there's a reason why he took that position on it. But in any case here, it is, the point here is that the Prophet them again, what did we say? He has the intercession. Why? Because Allah gave it to him. So the person who holds on to him, they're holding on to him because holding on to him is holding on to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, we need not be so allergic about these things. The Muslims know that they worship Allah alone. We don't need to be so allergic to things that we, um, like so sensitive that we can't even understand something, you know. It's, it's why does one hold on to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? 
because the Prophet ﷺ is the greatest of creation and he's the ultimate example and guide as to how it is that a person can worship God. So that's why I hold on to him, Wasallam. And when I hold on to him, then I'm holding on to something strong. And, uh, you know, this of course applies very clearly to the Prophet Wasallam. But that can apply to uh, people as well, although people are not guaranteed to be protected the way the prophets are protected, so we have to be careful. Anyways, uh, there's a nice quote here, but it's about a page long. So uh, I'm just going to read it. It's on the it's on the commentary of this verse. Whoever whoever clings to this. Whoever clings to the way of the Prophet clings to the way of Allah. And whoever diverts from it, diverts from the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, uh, you know, uh, that is what it is. Um, the perfected saint, my master, Abu Abbas al-Mursi, radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, this is Ibn, uh, Ibn Ajiba quoting, Abu Abbas and Mursi radiallahu ta'ala anhu the teacher of who to connect with one of the uh, other classes that we've had I believe it was on a Sunday as well the teacher of Ibn Atta'Allah maybe it wasn't on a Sunday I don't know I can't remember but he was the teacher of Ibn Atta'Allah a secondary rahimahullah ta'ala uh, Abu Abbas and Mursi that is so he said the following the prophets were created for mercy and our Prophet وسلم, is the essence of mercy, Ainul Rahman. As the Most High said, and we have not sent you save as a mercy unto the worlds. The Prophet وسلم, called unto Allah with clear insight, firm proofs, and with the nearest of reaches and ways. He urged others to travel the path of right guidance and to shun lowly paths. He did not leave anything that draws near to Allah without calling people to it. And he did not leave a single point of etiquette that a servant should adopt with Allah without enjoining it. He did not leave anything that takes one away from Allah without warning against it. And he did not leave a single deed that alienates one from Allah without urging people to abstain from it. He was unceasing, indefatigable, in his insincere counsel to deliver the servants from the mires of alienation and loci of destruction until the dark night of polytheism faded and its alterities were cut off and the daylight of faith shone and its lights dawned the prophet raised the banner of the religion completed its order established its obligations and rulings and explained its lawful and unlawful just as he explained legal rulings to the servants he also expanded their horizons of understanding without a doubt such that one narrator even said the emissary of Allah وسلم, passed away and we would gain some knowledge from the very birds flying in the sky. That's an amazing quote. The messenger of Allah وسلم, passed away and we would gain knowledge from the very birds flying in the sky. Meaning that the Prophet وسلم, not only did he teach them everything that they needed to know, but he taught them in such a way that everything was put in the right place so that not only do they know everything that they need to know but they have everything 
that they need to have in terms of the capacity to be able uh, to continue in their growth. And, you know, this is this is what sound teaching does. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to do it and to find people who do it and to be in their good company. Um, is that not only does it teach the person what they need to know, but it, it develops their mind and their heart in such a way that they can deal with the world and continue to learn and continue to reflect and continue to benefit from everything that's around them uh, because of the way that they were taught. So he's saying the Prophet ﷺ passed away and we could even take lessons from the birds. The birds are flying in the sky and we take lessons from it. Radiallahu anhu. Allah Most High said, There is no compulsion in the religion. Right guidance has been made clear from error. And today I have completed for you your religion. And the Prophet ﷺ said, I have left the religion white and clear. Taraktukum al al I have given you the clear guidance. So it's clear guidance. And you know, subhanAllah, whenever we get... I don't know if I should make that as general, but sometimes when we get mired down in different things, different arguments and different debates, a lot of how that can be uh, within the religion, a lot of how that can be solved is to remind ourselves that the Qur'an is a book of guidance and the way of the Prophet ﷺ is a way of guidance and what he's given us is he's taught us how to live ﷺ so when we take a step back and we look at it from that perspective then uh, you know the doors open up in terms of finding guidance and being able to follow it once the Prophet ﷺ had, this is still this, the quote of Sayyidina Abu Abbas and Mursi radiallahu Once the Prophet ﷺ had fully explained the path of right guidance and made clear the ways that cause his servants to reach Allah, Allah took him to an abode that is better and more fitting for him. That was after Allah gave him a choice, and he chose the companionship of the highest assembly, al-Rafiq al-A'la. Al-Rafiq al-A'la. After that, Allah placed within his ummah callers, du'at, who shall remain and continue forever with what they have inherited and took what they inherited and took from him sallallahu alayhi wasallam which is a reminder that anyone who calls to Allah is taking from the inheritance of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the religion is the inheritance of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that's what this is, that's what this whole thing is about it's the inheritance of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi that the scholars are the heirs of the prophets and the prophets do not leave behind wealth they leave behind knowledge so this way these people who are calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have taken and inherited from the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah most high has testified to their existence and made them deserving of that he said subhana say this is my path I call to Allah with insight I and those who follow me. And that is the end of the statement of Sayyidina Abul Abbas al-Mursi radiallahu ta'ala anhu wa arda. So he is, he is the one who called to Allah. So when we hold on to him, we hold on to a strong, uh, a, a strong thing. فَاقَ النَّبِيِّينَ فِي خَلْقٍ وَفِي خُلُقٍ وَلَمْ يُدَانُوهُ فِي عِلْمٍ وَلَا كَرَمٍ 
His form and character surpassed even the previous prophets, and none have approached him in knowledge or nobility. And none have approached him in knowledge or nobility. I want to see how he translated the next one. فَاقَ النَّبِيِّينَ فِي خَلْقٍ وَفِي خُلُقٍ وَلَمْ يُدَانُوهُ فِي عِلْمٍ وَلَا كَرَمِي Subhanallah, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Beautiful So what does he say in the commentary about this? He says, he mentioned now all these various qualities of the emissary of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He mentioned that he is the master, a sayyid He mentioned that he is a commander, an uh, amir He mentioned that he is the forbidder and nahi and nahi which came before and he mentioned that he is an habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he mentioned that he is a da'i he's the caller to allah Allah. right he mentioned all of these things but now the author is saying like but still like i can't i can't say enough the author laments the fact that he cannot encompass the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's qualities even if he attempts to enumerate them and go to great lengths in lauding and praising him. For that reason, the author uh, who gives an exhaustive description indicating the unattainable nature of the Prophet's numerous qualities and that no human has any hope of encompassing them. No one among the previous Prophets attained these qualities, much less those who are not Prophets. And even though the Prophets have obtained the qualities of perfection, they have not obtained or drawn them from any source other than the Messenger of Allah So basically the idea here is that even for the Prophets, the Prophet is the pinnacle of form, he is the pinnacle of character, he is the pinnacle of knowledge, he is the pinnacle of nobility um, You know, when we, when we did the class on the Shama'il, Obviously, we read a lot of descriptions of the Prophet But here in the poem, uh, he also draws upon that literature and gives similar descriptions. Not in the poem, in the commentary. So some of this will be familiar. Uh, and at the same time, even though some of it is familiar, uh, the heart does not get its fill from the description of the Prophet So I'm going to read this. And uh, again, it's a couple pages, but it's a couple pages that if you summarize it, it ruins it. So we can't summarize it. So we just have to read it. And then if there's things to comment on, we'll comment on, inshallah. He says, Regarding the goodness and beauty of his form and the exquisite balance of his bodily limbs, there are many rigorously authenticated reports and mass-transmitted narrations that speak of them. It is not undisclosed that the Prophet ﷺ was the most perfected of people in good qualities and the most striking of them in beauty. Ali, Abu Huraira, and Al-Bara, Ibn Azib, and others all described him as having a fair red complexion with a slightly rounded face and with a broad forehead and a thick beard that reached his chest. They described him as having a broad chest and shoulders, and as being of medium stature, neither excessively tall nor short. Yet when walking with anyone, he would always seem taller. When he laughed, it was mostly smiles, revealing teeth as white as hailstones, uh, 
And when he spoke, a light would be seen emanating from between his teeth. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Bara' said, I saw him wearing a red shawl and I have never seen a more beautiful sight than him. Abu Huraira said, I never saw anyone more beautiful than the emissary of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It was as if the sun shone upon his face. And when he smiled, his light would shine upon the walls. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sorry, one second. It's okay. Okay. So, uh, Um Ma'bad described him. Radiallahu anha. Um Ma'bad. This woman, radiallahu anha, described him as thus. I met a man. I met a man of visible radiance whose appearance was beautiful. His face was bright with neither protruding ribs nor a small head. He was handsome and fair. His eyes were a deep black color and his eyelashes were lush. His voice was smooth and soft. The whiteness of his eyes was bright and his pupils were very black. His eyebrows were fine at the corners and connected. His neck was long and his beard was full. When he was silent, he appeared dignified, and when he spoke, he was eminent and crowned with magnificence. His speech was sweet, his words were precise, neither too little nor too much, like a string of pearls flowing down. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an said, when Whoever saw him unexpectedly would be filled with awe. Whoever came to know him would love him. Whoever would describe him would say, Neither before him nor after him have I seen anybody like him. This is a really beautiful. It's, uh, it's, it's more kind of like shorter, I guess you can say, but it's extremely beautiful. Whoever saw him unexpectedly will be filled with awe. Whoever came to know him would love him. Whoever would describe him would say, Neither before him nor after him have I seen anybody like him. As for the Prophet's bodily cleanliness and his fine scent and fragrant odor, Allah the Exalted and Sublime granted him many unique qualities in that regard that are not found in others. Sayyidina Anas radiallahu an said, I have never smelled uh, musk or anything sweeter than the emissary of Allah. Sayyidina Jabir radiallahu an mentioned how the Prophet once touched his cheek. He said, I experienced a coolness and fragrance from his hand. His hand smelled as if he had dipped it in a perfumer's bottle, whether he was wearing scent or not. When he shook someone's hand, a pleasant fragrance would stay with that person for the rest of the day. He would pat the heads of children, and any child who received a pat from him would stand out from the other children due to his blessed fragrance. Because of his fine scent, when the Prophet walked down a path, anyone who later walked that path would know that the Prophet had been there. This topic is vast and could fill volumes. He continues, As regards his inner character traits, Allah Most High preferred him with lofty character traits, high qualities, and inward sharia-based etiquettes, 
such as knowledge, religion, forbearance, patience, gratitude, justice, renunciation, humility, pardon, temperance, generosity, bravery, shyness, respectability, amiability, that's a good word, silent reflection, dignity, mercy, and filial piety, among others. He embodied and personified all of these traits. It should be enough for you that Allah, the exalted and sublime, praised his character by saying, إِنَّهُ عَلَى وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ and truly you are of a most immense character. To, deta to detail all of the elements of his character would prove extremely lengthy. So, wh so whoever would like to gain healing in this, let them refer to the Shifa. It's a, play, it's a play on words. Whoever would like to gain healing from this, from the mentioning of the characteristics of the Prophet them, then let them go to the book, Ash-Shifa, which means the healing of Qadi Iyad radiallahu ta'ala anhu. As regards the Prophet's knowledge and his vast sciences, he was the most knowledgeable of people concerning Allah Most High. Allah acquainted him with the contents of the Torah and Gospel and the other revealed scriptures, as well as the wisdom of the sages and the narratives of the past nations. He taught him to strike of parables and how to manage the affairs of creation and establish sacred laws. He vouchsafed to him knowledge of the myriad disciplines of sacred knowledge, such as exegesis, mathematics, genealogy, all of which he obtained and embraced without prior learning or perusal of the books of those before him, and without sitting in the company of their scholars. Rather, he was an unlettered prophet without prior knowledge of any of that until Allah expanded his breast and made clear his divine command, teaching him and instructing him to recite what he disclosed to him by way of past and future marvels of Allah's omnipotence and magnificent visible and spiritual worlds. Allah Most High says, and He taught you what you knew not. And the bounty of Allah towards you is immense. This is all in the description of the Prophet As for the Prophet's munificence and generosity, he was without rival or parallel. The kings of the world are incapable of offering even the most minuscule of his gifts and offerings. Sayyidina Jabir reported, never did the emissary of Allah refuse anything he was asked for. Never. Sayyidina Ibn Abbas said the emissary of Allah was the best and most generous of mankind. He was the most generous during the month of Ramadan when Sayyidina Jibreel would meet him and review the Qur'an. Indeed, the emissary of Allah was more generous with doing good than a swift breeze. The reason why the emissary of Allah was more generous in Ramadan than in the other months is that Ramadan is the marketplace of spiritual capital and the arena of competition and good works. In addition, plenteous good works in that time result in an increase in rewards, for one good deed is rewarded a thousandfold. Ibn Shihab said in a Marfu'ah report, i.e. a report ascribed to the Prophet one utterance of Allah's transcendence to say subhanallah in the month of Ramadan is better than 1,000 such utterances said in other months. In addition, the Prophet ﷺ would see Sayyidina Jibreel in Ramadan an increase in generosity out of gratitude for these bounties. It is reported that a man once asked the Prophet ﷺ for something and he gave him an immense number of sheep that were between two mountains. The man returned to his people and said, Embrace Islam, for Muhammad gives, uh, for Muhammad gives like a man who does not fear poverty. For Muhammad gives like a man who does not fear poverty. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.
This was the Prophet's character before and after he was tasked with the prophetic mission. When the Prophet ﷺ first received divine revelation and said to Khadija, I fear for myself, she replied, No, by Allah, Allah will never forsake you. You maintain ties with your kinsfolk, you are kind to your neighbors, you are charitable, charitable to the poor, and you are hospitable to guests, and you defend the truth. So she uh, enumerated these qualities of the Prophet ﷺ that he had even before he was tasked with the prophethood. A man once asked the Prophet ﷺ for something to which he said, I have nothing, but go and buy something with a deferred payment, and I will take care of the debt. Basically, go and put it on my tab. I don't have anything, but go and put it on my tab, and I'll take care of it. Sayyidina Omar said to the Prophet them in this, in this event, O emissary of Allah, Allah has not ordered you to do this. Like, uh, yeah, SubhanAllah, this conversation... Um, It shows how like the Prophet ﷺ was always a teacher and the people around him were always learning even if they were really, really great people. Sayyidina Umar, of course, is one of the greatest people. But he said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, you are not ordered to do this. But a man from the Ansar said, so when a man from the Ansar was there, when he heard Sayyidina Umar say that, he responded with something different. And he said, spend, O emissary of Allah, and fear not poverty from the possessor of the throne. Huh? Upon hearing this, the Prophet ﷺ smiled and said, that is what I have been ordered to do. So Sayyidina Umar said, you don't have to do that. You know, you tell the person, go, I don't have anything, but go and put it on my tab and I'll take care of it. He said, you don't have to do that. He didn't say anything. And then this man from the Ansar said, O Messenger of Allah, give, spend whatever you want to spend and do not fear poverty from Rabbul Arsh. From the Lord of the Throne. Uh, basically, he's saying, "I'll take care of it for you. Don't worry. Don't worry. You want to you want to give to these people who are in need. Just give to them. Don't worry about it. Don't don't worry about it. I uh, we'll take care of it." Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And he said, "That is what I have been ordered to do. That is what I have been ordered to do." Allah give us tawfiq. It's really really powerful. Very beautiful. Abu Ali al-Daqaq, one of the early sheikhs and erudite scholars of the people of Tasawwuf, spoke about the spiritual chivalry Futuwa uh, and described the Prophet Sallallahu immense generosity and selflessness. He said, These character traits are not realized in their full plentitude except in the emissary of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. For on the day of resurrection, Everyone will say, myself, myself, nefsi, nefsi, selfie, selfie. They will say, selfie, selfie. But he will say, my nation, my nation. He will say, ummeti, ummeti. They will say, everyone else will say, nefsi, nefsi. And he will say, ummeti, ummeti, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In short, it is not possible to examine the full, fully the Prophet's characteristics, especially his generosity and munificence. Um, and you know we're gonna get to more later. Sallallahu alaihi wa alihi We'll take one more verse and then we'll stop. This is one of my favorite verses in the Burda, and it's also a very commonly quoted verse from the Burda. Wa kulluhum min Rasulillahi multamisun 
غرفاً من البحر أو رشفاً من الديم وكلهم من رسول الله ملتمس غرفاً من البحر أو رشفاً من الديم صلى الله عليه وسلم They all seek something from Allah's emissary handfuls from the sea or small sips of drizzle uh, Let me go to the next one They all seek of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam cup falls from his ocean or sips from his unceasing rain so it's another uh, expression there I don't know about this translation of multemis multemis is like a very interesting term you know um it's like Let me give an example. Like, for example, if you go to someone and you tell them, someone that you feel is pious and, and righteous and so on and so forth, and you tell them, you know, so-and-so, can you make dua for me and my family? لَعَلَّنَا نَلْتَمِسُ مِنْ بَرَكَاتِكُمْ لَعَلَّنَا نَلْتَمِسُ مِنْ بَرَكَاتِكُمْ It means like, so we can like, you know, people joke and they, they kind of like rub the person and they say, hey, we take from your barakah. And um, they make a joke out of it, um, and you know, like that's that's cool. It's it, 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 I don't know if it's cool, but it is what it is. Um, the idea of baraka is real, and the idea of uh, people, um, the idea of the idea of people, kind of like. Allah being pleased with them and 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 giving them that that blessing of 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 having that is real. It's not just um, asking for their du'a, which is of course a good thing, but keeping their company. Like you, sometimes you keep the company of someone, and you you realize that you've benefited from that. Um, and of course, the example in the in the life of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is is clear. The one that comes to mind, which is very very clear, is the the famous story of um, Hanzala, right? Hanzala, who uh, Sayyidina Abu Bakr found him, and he's lamenting to himself, "Nafaqa Hanzala, Nafaqa Hanzala." He's saying that Hanzala is a hypocrite. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr asked him, like, "What's wrong?" And he said, you know, I'm with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and I would just like feel so, like I'm I'm in such a state of submission and worship and everything else, right? And he says, and then I go home with like I I play with my children and I tease them and you know all of these things a person does in their home, uh, and I become heedless at some level. I'm I'm paraphrasing here, you know, like I I'm not in the same state that I was before. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, his sincerity is he hears that and he says, you know what? I know what you mean. Let's go ask the Prophet about this because like, you know what? That's relevant. That's what you're describing right now. That's a relevant issue. Let me, let's go ask the Prophet. So they go to ask the Prophet and the Prophet tells them, you know, this is the famous hadith of there's a time for this and there's a time for that at the end. 
But he tells him in the beginning of the hadith, he tells him, "Yeah, alhamdulillah, if if you stayed the the if you stayed how you are with me, when you are not with me, then the angels would descend from the skies and shake your hands in the street." So what is that saying? That's saying that there is a tangible, there's a a, a benefit that's multemis, multemesa, like it's you can feel it. There's a tangible benefit, and which brings this word in now. Lemps, lemps is to touch something. So it's like uh, that's that's why this whole conversation is going on. Multemisun means that there's the ocean from the prophets. There's an ocean of who the prophets on Allah wasallam is, and they're trying to like get a little, let a little bit of that rub off on them. All of them are taking from the ocean of the Prophet They're taking handfuls from the ocean Or they're taking drops from the dew But either way All of it's going back to the Prophet um, And so that hadith indicates That being in the company of the Prophet Had that benefit And people afterwards they understood that as well Even Sayyidina Umar uh, One time he, you know, they were in a gathering and he, he, he told the people, okay, he sat down with them, he said, everyone make a dua, the, uh, and then we'll finish the gathering. Like, you guys are sitting too long, let's just make dua, everyone make a dua, we'll say ameen, and we'll finish the gathering. So, he, everyone makes dua for this, that, I wish I had a mountain of gold, I can give it in charity, I wish I had this, I can do this. All of them are asking for things, ta'at, you know, acts of obedience. Not like, I wish I had... I wish I had five million dollars every every year so that I could put four million in the bank and do nothing with it, and I can use the other one million to like buy a really expensive house, um, uh, and and have like a really expensive car. That's it. N- none of them said that. <laughs> so I wish I can give all of it in charity. I wish I can do this. I wish I can do that. And they come to say No Omar radiAllahu an, and he says, I wish I had. I wish I had uh, like a group of people, all of them like. Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah radiallahu an. This, this was his dua I wish I had a bunch of people like him so then we could do everything like anything every, all, of, all of everything that we want to do for the khair to, to serve the ummah of the Prophet وسلم, all of it is dependent upon the person and the quality of the person and al-insan qabl al-bunyan you know al-insan qabl al-bunyan that the person comes before the building. The people come before the building. Even, you know, I, I say this sometimes, people, I don't know if they get offended or not, but the Prophet them came before the masjid, even if we want to like really. The Prophet them the first 13 years of the da'wah is the Prophet them training and building and educating his followers. And they don't have a place. The place that they have is literally someone's house. That's what they have. Like they're meeting in someone's house. And every now and then, especially when Sayyidina Umar came and Sayyidina Hamza and they were stronger, they can go out in public and maybe worship at the Kaaba. But their meeting place was the person's house. Dar al-Qam, Ibn Abi al-Qam. And then when they get to Medina and they're free and they, they have the power and you know resources and stuff like that, then they build the masjid, of course, first thing. So it's not to take away from the masjid. But the Prophet ﷺ comes before the masjid. Sayyidina Ibrahim comes before the Kaaba. Even, you know, like the foundations of the Kaaba are there, but the building of the Kaaba happens on the hands of Sayyidina Ibrahim 
the building of Islamic civilization, the building of the buildings doesn't happen on the hands of, uh, of the building itself. It happens on the hands of people. So, uh, anyways, the, the Sayyidina Umar asked, uh, we can have a room full of people like Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah. You know, because this person is going to have impact. Um, which reminds me of uh, one of the early Muslims, Muhammad ibn Wasi'ah. Early Muslims. And one of the leaders of an army. He said, for me to have uh, Muhammad ibn Wasi'ah in the army, raising his finger and saying, La ilaha illallah is better to me than a thousand skilled fighters. La ilaha illallah. Now, these were the early generation. We're not talking about like people who didn't understand or something. These people understood. For him to be in the army and say, La ilaha illallah is better for me than a thousand skilled soldiers. So the person, there's a benefit in the person. And all of those people, all of these great people that existed all throughout history, all of these great people that exist today, all of these hidden awliya and saints that are in the ummah of the Prophet them in every corner of the earth, all of that is a miracle of the Prophet and all of that is people taking drops from the ocean of the Prophet Drops. Some of them taking handfuls. Maybe one of them is taking a bucket and he's like the greatest person on earth. Or she's the greatest person on earth. She took a bucket from the Prophet them's ocean. But who is he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik alayhi. You know, it, it kind of like, it makes me think about, there's, um, you know, Shaykh that, I don't know if I should say this, but Shaykh that we met, and um, let's just say another Shaykh said about him that nobody will really know who he really is until we get to the Day of Judgment then on the Day of Judgment, you'll see who this man really was and really is. Hafizahullah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like, who is the Prophet them really? I mean, we read these books and we, we, we wonder about his magnificence and his beauty and his, his character and everything else, them. But when will we really see it? When we're on the Day of Judgment, you know, there's all these calamities. People being tried and people being punished and people sweating and up to their heads and their sweat and the sun is right above our heads and all of these descriptions of the Day of Judgment and you're going to see the Prophet and the banner of the Prophet and Habib al-Mustafa going from person to person, saving them pulling them from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking them from the from the sun and putting them into the shade giving them drink from his hand sallallahu alaihi wasallam going to those who are in need standing in front of the people asking the people are going to greet him they're going to say ya rasulullah we're from your ummah he's going to say ya allah inter- help with you know take care of this person's needs when we see the imagine like seeing the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam on that day tasarruf yatasarruf fi hajat nas Hajat al-Ummah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he's going to be going and 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 and, and I, I don't know how to translate the word properly but like taking care of the needs of the people you know this and this and 
is commanding sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then we're going to say ya allah hadha al-habib al-mustafa hadha al-habib al-mustafa ya allah that's the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this is the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this is sayyidina muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that's you know when you see that then you know may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us his intercession May we see the reality of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And anything that anyone is taking Any good that you see Any good Even the good of the people who are not Muslims Who learn something Have some remnant from some good of some previous Prophet With or without them even realizing Even that is from the ocean of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The verse in the Quran indicates That Allah took the covenant from the Allah took the covenant from the other Prophets That they believe in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And they, they support him He took that covenant from them So the other Prophets they know the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And they recognize his station So any good that is seen actually From human beings goes back to the ocean of the Prophet Sallallahu So we'll stop here, inshaAllah. And if there's any comments or questions or anything that people have, things they would like to share, uh, you're welcome to do so. Inshallah. Allahumma salli wa sallam wa zillu barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Allahumma salli wa sallam wa zillu barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Rabbi, Ya Ali Masri Minna, Lata, take a sitter, Anna, Wafina, 
وعفو عنا وكن لنا حيث كنا يا الله يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين أرنا الحق حقا وزقنا تبعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وزقنا اجتنابه أرنا الباطل باطلا وزقنا اجتنابه يا الله يا الله يا الله we ask you يا الله on a day wherein the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam will have the greatest intercession we ask you his intercession يا الله يا أرحم الراحمين we ask you يا الله for knowledge that benefits us and to benefit us with that which you have given us we ask you Allah to not uh, to, to to maintain your veil over us and to uh, in terms of our deeds but to remove the veils between us and you Ya Allah we ask you Allah to show us good in this life and the next Allah show us truth as truth and help us to follow it show us falsehood as falsehood and help us to stay away from it Allah you know our needs better than we know our needs and you know our affairs better than we know our affairs. We ask you, Ya Allah, to take care of our needs, those that are hidden and those that are apparent. Allah, we ask you to take care of our needs, those that are hidden and those that are apparent. We ask you, Allah, to be with us in all of our affairs, to give healing to those who are sick, to have mercy on those who have passed away. Allah, we ask you to help us to be in the service of others and to have deep love for others in our hearts. Allah, here is our Prophet and here we are. And how vast is the difference between us and him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But what, what, what can we have, ya Allah, is we can have a love for him. And Allah, you told us on his tongue that we will be with those whom we love. So we ask you, ya Allah, to give us love of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and to allow us to be in his company in this life and the next. Allahumma ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Amen. Barakallahu feekum. InshaAllah.